Hi, my name is Andy Senor Jr. and I am one of the directors of Revolution Rents. Uh, my name is Victor Patrick Alvarez and I'm also one of the directors of Revolution Rent. My mom is having a fit because I'm going to go put up rent in Cuba. This is directly for the Cuban people. You're not going to make an impact and you're going to leave Cuba the same as when you arrived. If I can just affect a small group of people, that's my part, that's enough. I feel incredibly at home. It's crazy to be here after wanting to be here for such a long time. We're calling it Broadway Survivor. You were put on the island and you have so many tools to deal with. They're dealing with life and death issues. It's difficult. No. That's your group. The power just went out again. We're working on that. That is a trailer from the HBO documentary Revolution Rent, debuting on HBO and HBO Max on June 15th. And this is Factual America. We're brought to you by Alamo Pictures, an Austin and London-based production company making documentaries about America for international audiences. I'm your host, Matthew Sherwood, and today we're talking about Rent, the Tony and Pulitzer Prize-winning musical which celebrates the 25th anniversary of its Broadway premiere on June 15th. We'll be looking at how the musical's message still resonates today, especially as captured by the HBO documentary Revolution Rent, about the first commercial American production performed in Havana, Cuba in over 50 years. It is then my great pleasure to welcome to the show the filmmakers, stage director and filmmaker Andy Senior Jr., who played Angel in the Broadway play and directed the Havana production, and producer and co-director of the film Victor Patrick Alvarez. Andy... Victor, welcome to Factual America. Andy, how are you doing? Where are you coming to us from these days? Uh, hi, Matthew. I'm very happy to be here. Um, <laughs> I am actually in Miami. Although I live in Barcelona, uh, I am in Miami uh, for the premiere of the film. And Victor, you've got a tropical locale there as well. Where are, we, uh, where are you hiding out these a days? tropical locale. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in an undisclosed location in Palm Beach, Florida. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm, I'm actually in my mom's garden right now. Um, I'm here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm in my mom's garden in Palm Beach, Florida, where, I, where I'm currently residing. Well, I love, I've, I, I'm in, obviously, as you know, I'm based in England, and I haven't seen sun like that in a long time, as you probably can tell. Um, hence all the blackness around you. Yeah, it's all black here. Well, you know, it's a, a, I mean, a shout out to the studio here, but they are a bunch of heavy, heavy metal guys, so everything's kind of dark and black <laughs> and goth here. So, uh, but uh, they do a brilliant job. So, um, again, the film is Revolution Rent, day as, I've, uh, as we've said once, if not twice, debuts on HBO and HBO Max on June 15th. Uh, so thanks so much again for coming on to the podcast, and thanks so much for making this film. It's such an uplifting film, I found it. So, um, so I mean, without further ado, Andy, maybe um, just for our listeners and, uh, and watchers out there, what is Revolution Rent about? Revolution Rent uh, basically is, it takes place in 2014 um, when the Ministry of Culture of uh, Cuba and the Nederlander organization um, reach out to 
me, myself, Andy, um, to go put up uh, the first musical, uh, in, uh, Broadway musical in 50 years done in co-production between the United States and Cuba. Uh, what makes that particularly special was, that the fact, was the fact that I was in Rent and that I'm also Cuban-American. Um, Cuban-American uh, from Miami, from parents who left Cuba during uh, the revolution and sworn to never uh, go back. Uh, so that felt like that was a pretty cool subject for a documentary. And I mean, uh, so as you've already said, I was going to ask you who had the crazy idea to try to stage this in uh, in Cuba, but it was the, the, minis- the-, the Ministry of Culture. Yeah, they're the ones who chose rent. Oh my goodness. And then and then you were, uh, you, you were crazy enough to say yes. I was crazy enough to say yes. Um, there was no thinking about it, really. It was like, you know, I, I, I've been saying that if, if it was anything else that wasn't rent, I would have maybe, you know, been like, oh, I don't know. Da, da, da. But when the fact that it was rent, I was, it, that's, it's just not negotiable. I was going to go put up the show in, in Cuba. Because if, if it wasn't me, it was going to be somebody else. And that wasn't going to happen. I was going to go do it. Thank God. It was, yeah, it's, a, as you say, it's 2014. <laughs> this is pre any sort of normalization of relations. I mean, what it was, I mean, for both of you, Victor, what was it like landing in Havana, Cuba in 2014? Ooh, I was very, 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 very nervous. Um, I had done two films uh, prior to this one, um, one of them called Cuba American. Uh, with uh, director Jose Enrique Pardo and Andy Garcia, and then the other one, uh, 13 Million Voices, about the Juan S. Peace concert, um, which happened in, in uh, I think, two years prior to, to this adventure. And, and Andy, as you've already, I've already said, I mean, but this, is, this must have been, and, and it's documented in the film, it's very emotional for you, isn't it, to, given your family background, you know? Yeah, I mean, to... You know, my, my, my dad passed years before this and um, I, there was always just like all the stories that he shared about Cuba and, and my curiosity to, 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 to go and, and see everything that they talked about and to understand my, who I am uh, and my culture so much more. Um, so to, you know, when, when that plane was, you know, past the water mark and was going right over, uh, the land, uh, the, the mountains, the green. I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm landing in Cuba right now. I got really emotional, think, uh, emotional thinking about my dad uh, during that moment. And then, so staging uh, Rent in Havana, is this, is this the hardest thing you've ever done? Staging Rent in Havana, was that the hardest thing I've ever done? Um, no, I think this documentary is. <laughs> <laughs> I, we're going to get onto that actually, because I was going to. Is he rented up? Yeah, because it is take. obviously. If listeners haven't put two and two together, it is 2021, and uh, that was 2014. So exactly, <laughs> putting this documentary together, getting it funded, keeping it, keeping keeping the lights on, keeping people working, getting it into festivals, getting it sold. That I mean, what it takes to what it took, and I'll talk about this documentary to make. To get this to the finish line, it took everything. It really took everything. I was going to ask you later, will you ever make another doc? Absolutely. Oh, excellent. Well, then we'll, we'll talk more about that. But because, uh, no, because there are people who, there's, uh, we, we have people come on who have, same, uh, you know, maybe their first doc and it's a passion project and they make brilliant ones. And then they're just like, 
I'm never going through that hell again. You know, (laughs) (laughs) the, the, of how, like, I think it's like, you know, the, my next documentary is going to be one location, (laughs) a place that's, you know, not, I don't have to travel to, I have access to, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's, I think you get more like bougie about what, what kind of documentary you're going to make, you know? You know, I gotta be honest. I, I love documentary. I, I, I love the medium because there are, there's, there's no rules. And it's, it's, it feels like a collage, like I feel like I'm collaging using whatever I want to storytell and however I want to do it. Yeah. And there's no money either, but that's another story. (laughs) That's the hard part. part. Um, But yeah, I, I love the art. I really, really genuinely love the art form. Well, I think, and it's and it's an art form as you and as if you as you've captured it in this film, it's a it's a lovely artful film. So I, I think that's uh, thank you. And I mean, you, you you see a lot of documentaries, obviously. Um, so like, how I'm gonna you know I, this these this these are the first conversations we're having with people outside our friends and family. So like, as a as a documentary, how how does it how for you how does it um what's the what's the question? How does it how does it what what resonates with you what resonates um and you know what you're also one of the first guests i've ever had ask me a question so this is very <laughs> i love I'm, this you know i mean <laughs> I, I i have had one other documentarian we got into a big discussion about some things but but most of the time no it's a one-way street i do appreciate that well, how does it resonate i think what resonates i i should maybe speak more personally um, yeah, please. You know, because a lot of, I mean, we've had, we've had plenty of these on. There's some, there's some great docs out there and I'm glad they're made, but they are, they can be about some very difficult subjects. Yours has some difficult subjects in it as well, but they, but this, what yours is, as I said, I think hopefully in the intro, um, I found it uplifting. I mean, it's, it's a celebration of, of life, of, of humanity, um, you know, um, and you, and you, I thought you captured the rawness very well. Um, and also, um, you know, I think a great, this is, a, I guess, a, it's almost cliche, but I use it a lot. But the, the great docs are more than just about the subject that you think they're about. So this is more than just about, you know, so in your case, it's more than just about rent, the production being put on in Havana. Absolutely. You know, it is about um, things that, you know, happy, happy to go stream of consciousness if we want. To, uh, but in terms of things, of you know, I thought we'd discuss is like, you know, um, it's a walk down memory lane for you. It's, it's, it's also, I mean, is Havana 9, 2014, you know, in some ways, I mean, a lot of people, you've got all the pictures of the 1950s cars on the road, that B-roll and stuff, but... Uh, but it's also, is it a bit of New York City in 1996, you know, in terms of issues that Havana's dealing with that maybe, you know, were, were more present in, nine, you know, in the 90s? Um, it's about, uh, you know, the way these people, I, I thought you had some great scenes of, um, of how people are living, you know, and struggling, and, and how that ties into the, to rent. Yes, you know, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Which is, uh, you know, who would have thought? I, I, I certainly had no idea. You know, again, my, I was just going into to, to put up the show. 
but but then you know in the documentary my mom comes and steals the whole thing <laughs> well yeah exactly well and 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 i i must say that was the most there's a few point more than a few poignant moments but i found that one scene certainly in the um in the cemetery is, is yes you know that i that was emotional that was um you know, and what she's, and I, and I think, again, you've documented that well. I mean, that's the, as you say, the power of documentary. You didn't know you were going to capture these scenes. No, you know, when, when, when my mom has that big breakdown, I'm, you know, I'm, that's a moment where, where I was, I was, I was shooting that with my, with my iPhone in the hotel room. And at that moment I had to, you know, am I her son? And I put the phone down and console her or do I continue filming? And those were the more difficult moments for me personally uh, throughout throughout the throughout the process. I'm, I'm, I'm and I'm so glad that I continued filming um, as her son. And then and and also yes, exactly. And what you've been able to capture. I mean, I know it. it you know, it's not a spoiler alert, really. I mean, at the end of the film, you we know that unfortunately your mother has passed on uh, a few years after the film was made, and yet you've you've got this, you've captured this as a son. You must be so. Th- and your your siblings must be so thankful for. Her. Yeah, I'd, I'm. I, I haven't quite been able to figure out what the great, you know, easy sentences for me to describe what it is because it's. I like what you know. In the, in the, I did an interview. Where it was like it's life affirming, but it doesn't quite capture. Doesn't quite capture the how the, the surreal, blissful, beautiful, melancholic thing of of being able to capture your family and time capsule them and that they're immortalized and will this story will be told forever um it's it's very rare and i feel very uh wowed by 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 that very lucky and then and then there's again the beauty of oh it's the nature of film anyway, but certainly documentary is if you were to try to write that all down, you'd have to be one of the greatest authors ever to try to actually capture that in writing. But you just let the cameras roll and it and you capture it and it and it's more it, it resonates uh better or at least more easily. Um although it no it wasn't easy, you know. Um so yes, I think uh, um you know that's what I for me personally I loved it. I think it's uh, it's seeing Cuba. Um, you know I know it's now it was back in 2014, 15, but uh, yeah, just even seeing Cuba and uh, as, as an American citizen myself, and for the longest time not being allowed to go there unless I had special uh, permission, and I've never had the same that that uh, luxury um and i guess i could go now and would love to see it and everyone has all said well you need to go see it before it changes but at the same time that's an odd feeling too isn't it because the reason it looks the way it is, is because of the, the history we've been dealing with for like the last 50 years thousand percent yeah. thousand percent you know, yes so so it's crumbling is that really actually something that's you and know it's crumbling even more now yeah well, it's crumbling even more now. Yeah, it's like, you know, we we I'm, we're sitting here talking about this was seven years ago, but I, I you know, I, I feel like when when we left, I feel like Cuba just stopped, just froze, and it's still there. And it and and in that froze, it it just deteriorated. And and you know, when when you hear stories of of uh, certain people, you know, who went to school there, and then you know, um, 
the contractors of the government are going to turn their school, their childhood into a hotel, you know, it's just like, and that's, and that was the future of, of where it was headed, you know, um, you know, it's just that things like that. And, and then now with, without any production, you know, you wonder so much and, and, um, yeah, you know that there's a special period in the in the '90s, um, and and what they're saying Cuba is today is is, is even worse than the special period uh, in the '90s, um, which is it's it's mind blowing. Uh, I don't even know what to say to it. Actually, uh, it just it just it hurts, you know. And then if if I was to make another comment about the film, I am I am personally again a big fan of observational, and although this is not strictly an observational or cinema verite or whatever you want to say, is you know it's you're not again you you let those cameras roll you capture certain moments and you're not i mean you can get into a philosophical debate about how objective anyone can be uh as a filmmaker or whatever but you just you can't you know you're not trying to make any sort of strong you know any political statements you're just it's letting the film speak for itself and um yes there's lots of i think it's well documented you know why? We don't need to say anything. What if we, because it's all there. It's like, they're saying it. The streets are saying it. The relationships are saying it. The, the pain in my mom in her eyes is saying it. The, it's all there. What, what do we, we don't have to say anything. <laughs> it's, it's, if I may so say so myself, someone who has no roots in the, in the community, but it does seem like one big giant dysfunctional family in, in some way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I won't yes. make any other editorial comments like that, just in case I get in trouble. But, uh, yeah. um, but okay. So you go, you get into, you go to Havana, and and that's the other thing. I mean, did you from the get go? You knew you had a doc on your hands, did you? Because you're filming scenes around the table with the family before you even go to Havana. Yeah, that's that's coming from a from like a, a space of like, well, you know, if, if before that scene, there was the scene where I'm just on, on my iPhone and I'm like, my mom is having a fit, right? And it's like, and then I go into the kitchen with the iPhone. Actually, it was my iPad, um, and and so you know, I from that moment forward, it's like I need to capture all of this because no one's going to believe any of this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Matthew, uh, as someone who's a, an outsider in the community, that that conversation that happened in that table is what every it's every conversation that every Cuban American that wants to go over there and do something that happens. So it's a that's a that's a metaphor for every single conversation about anybody who wants to see their birthright, more or less. So, you know, in in, in that sense, and very and in and indeed, everyone's so sincere and passionate about their. F- their views and their feelings, you know, your, 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 your brother-in-law making his comments about, you know, and then one sister saying that and another sister and then, uh, and then. And, and listen, they're right. He's right. Like when I watched that now in the trailer, he's like, you're going to leave the Cuba the same. I was like, yeah, it's still, it's worse actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse now. Um, it, it really, it, it's like, it's, I'm, whatever. I mean, it wasn't about me going to save anything. I mean, it's art. I mean, that is a, there's a bit of that in the film. There's artists who feel like, I mean, you're making a difference. Do you think maybe that's overblown somewhat? Or do you think that's, um, or maybe understanding the limits of, 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 your, of anyone's abilities? Um, I think that the difference is, is 
is made in the small steps. And it's in, in, in when you look at those people's lives, you know, a handful of them are dramatically, dramatically impacted by, uh, by my having gone there. Um, that choice, I mean, they have completely different lives now. It's not like, oh, I changed people's lives, but that it's just what we do. Jonathan Larson sat down at a piano for seven years and wrote an incredible musical that gave me my life. And, you know, how that was, which was the, the whole uh, inspiration behind me going was because how, how am I not going to go do that in Cuba? And speak. So, if we do go go back to the to the production, I mean, um, I mean, we get we do see glimpses of it. The one thing we don't see, but we, nor should we, is the actual full performance and how you know necessarily how the audience reacts. But how does the how did you find Rent resonates twenty years later? Um, I think even one of your costume uh, people said it's it's now a period piece. You know, um, foreign audiences, Cubans. How did you how did you find that? Uh, they loved it. It was sold out. We ran for four months, I believe it was. It was and it was sold out. Standing ovations, repeat offenders over and over and over again. Um, and um, they they and and but remember, just not loving rent, but they loved the musical theater experience because they hadn't done a musical there in 50 years uh, to, in, that, in that capacity. So they were, you know, not only blown away by watching the show and its subject, but seeing young Cuban actors, you know, in a musical, like, and, and seeing them after, by seeing them in collaboration with an American company after the, after the normalization talks and in the middle of all of that happening was, it was a window of hope and exuberance um, and, and tangibly. And I feel like at that moment, rent was the, 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 that the liberation uh, of, of um, uh, in, uh, in, in, in a theatrical uh, way. And in terms of the arts and theater scene, I mean, is, I mean, I actually, uh, and I'm old enough to have been to the old Soviet union, uh, but I think, you know, is it, are they st- are they stuck in time? Are they still doing versions of Oklahoma? I mean, are are in terms no, of no, their 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 theater is way more risque and more and 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 way more um, evolved than Rent. Um, so I, I thought it was like, oh yeah, we're gonna do Rent, and and then I saw I got to Cuba, and then they took me to see a show, uh, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> it's like. You know, like it, it was like intense <laughs> because you know they they can't gather on the streets and protest and say the things that they want to say so they put all their politics and all their expression in their theater where it's a it's a safer space to do it and well, there's i mean there is precedent there that uh, that is there are similarities in that sense you know playwrights mm-hmm. and people like that in the eastern Bloc and everything have absolutely you know but uh, no that's, that's very interesting that's the magic of theater yeah, yeah, and I mean, what was it like being? Because you, you know, Americans living, you know, Cuban Americans, but living there for several months uh, pre-normalization. I mean, what was that like? I mean, you've got some. 
Uh, you've got some great scenes you've captured. I, one of my favorites is you going to the doctor. That's my, f- my favorite. Uh, I love that doctor. She doles out more than just medicine. Uh, Steve, medicine for the soul. Yes, indeed. Yeah. He was intense. Um, well, you know, about Cuban life, like, I just couldn't believe when I was just walking the streets that, you know, walking past, like the theater was in the same neighborhood where my mother grew up and, um, and my grandfather had a house. And, and, you know, I grew up in Miami, but I always loved the New York city life and the European life. And to me, it was like Havana was this like mixture of all these things that, that was like, and, and I'm seeing all these, like the Latin, the, like Cubans all like selling out a theater and going to see the theater every single night. I was like, this is, this is what I want in, in Miami. How cool would this be? Um, so it, it felt, and it just felt very uh, alive, limited in resources, but abundant in spirit um, and infectious. Amazing. And so th- there, there is also lessons we can learn, isn't there? in terms about attitude towards life a thousand percent yes i think i think that you know a lot a lot has been stripped away uh from from uh from the cuban in cuba um except their their spirit that's not something that can be taken away We'll be right back with Andy Senior Jr. and Victor Patrick Alvarez the co-directors of the HBO documentary Revolution Rent Art and entertainment inspire each of us in different ways. But have you ever wondered what inspires the people who create our cultural touchstones? On the Spark Parade podcast, your host Adam Unz geeks out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. Everything from Shakespeare to South Park. You'll hear from artists like Connor Oberst on Northern Exposure, Rasheen Murphy on Terrence Conran's The House Book, and Adrian Young on Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. The Spark Parade, where artists reveal their cultural inspirations to spark the inspiration in you. Find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Factual America. Subscribe to our mailing list or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Alamo Pictures to keep up to date with new releases or upcoming shows. Check out the show notes to learn more about the program, our guests, and the team behind the production. Now back to Factual America. Welcome back to Factual America with the filmmakers Andy Senior Jr. and Victor Patrick Alvarez, co-directors of Revolution Rent, debuts on June 15th on HBO and HBO Max, the same, the 25th anniversary of the Broadway Broadway premiere of Rent. Um, so we've been talking about, well, it's been, it's been a great conversation we've been having about uh, your experiences putting uh, rent on your filming in um, in uh, in Cuba I mean speaking of which Victor I mean uh, 
were you able to film freely in Cuba? That, I mean, it certainly gives the feeling that you were able to, but how, how was that? Uh, or were there restrictions on what you were able to do? No, no restriction. I think the restriction was, was out of uh, respect. And, you know, I always told Andy, I was like, you know, this film, you know, because of Andy Senor and, you know, it, it documenting him and following him, I've always told him, like, this is a, this is a sacred experience, you know. And so I didn't, you know, as, as someone who's known a lot about the culture and, and Cuba, like, I could have went there and, and really stir the pot, you know, but it, that's not why I was there. So I really, really uh, treated this project, you know, and Broadway, too, because it, it, it was Rent that went there. You know, it was Jonathan Larson's play that went there. It was Andy Senor, you know, and, and it was it was America and Cuba working together. Why would I sabotage that? So. Um, I always seemed to, you know, and, you know, just a little fun, you know, I was, you know, there was following, there were people listening and asking questions, but it was, there was a, a, a very, very high respect and, and I'll never forget it. The last day, the last, when I left and when I, after we took Andy's uh, mom there, um, this guy, you know, you know, this, this is a really, really funny story is we're at the airport and, and one of, you know, one of the people at the airport, they tapped me on the shoulder, like, Hey, you, we need you need to come and i was like oh this is it this is where well, this is where they take my hard drive they take my camera i was like this is it i've been waiting for this a year filming i've been waiting and and this guy you know i sit in this room it's a very small room you know you, you can tell it wasn't you know it wasn't too much and i was like okay this is it and i and i just felt i felt totally you know pure you know I, my heart was there my soul was there i did what i was there to do and he sat me down and in, in this very broken English accent, because my Spanish isn't, isn't, you know, too great. Um, and he sat me down, he held my hand and he said, thank you. Thank you so much for everything you've done here. You know, I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, you know, and it kind of just blew my mind. I'll never forget it. He's like, and he's like, we're, we're going to put you uh, in first class. You know, thank you. You know, and I was just like, whoa. Matthew, we you got know, to know all the airport people. Like we were going, yeah. in and out. We were going in and out. So we really were. We were going in and out of, of so much mm. that, like, as soon as we arrived, they were like, "Andy, Patrick, come!" And they were like, "I was like, this is crazy." Yeah. It's like we had like open door policy in Cuba. <laughs> it's like hola, you know. And it's like, and, 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 and here, you know, here I am putting up a show. It's like, try to get any political person to have that kind of open door policy and, and that kind of treatment, you know? Yeah, no, it was a lot of love, a lot of love, a lot of love. I mean, I think, I think everyone knew, I think everyone who was like knew what was going on in the world, they knew what our intentions were and who we were being. And that was very, you know, when people know what's going on, that's, that's your, that's the best environment. So there was a lot of love for us. Yeah. And there still is. And there still is. And a lot of respect. And um, uh, which I'm, I'm really, I'm really grateful for. So that love obviously served you well because uh, it's, as we were referring to earlier, it's, it's, it's taken a little while to get to this moment. Um, so what, uh, what happened there? I mean, it's, uh, did you, were you, was this all on your own? You were doing this as sort of an indie and then... Um... We were doing it as an... I'll just like run through it. We were doing it as an in, you know, as a total indie. And then when we tried, um, you know, to, to... As soon as we finished everything, you know, all, all the... Putting up the show and got back to the States, 
um, you know, we, to be 100% transparent, we didn't, ha- we, we didn't have a, the rights for a whole year. And we got a cis- cease and desist letter from Rhett saying that we couldn't do this, this, uh, this documentary. And, I was, and, and it was like, all right, how are we going to tell this story? And then I was like, well, we're, you know, Patrick, we're going to have to take, take a personal route and tell, make it about my family and then use whatever we need to use uh in that in in a way that that in in a way that we can and so we 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 changed our focus and we created a teaser that was a 10 minute you know version of what it would be and we brought it back to rent and uh and they were like um wow this is beautiful And Neil, Neil, Neil saved the day. And, Neil, and then Neil, Neil was like, day. "I want to be executive producer of this," and he put in the first, uh, he put in the first uh, big chunk of money to make it happen. Um, Neil and I did rent. Neil Patrick Harris, yeah, we, him and I had done rent together. That was my first, uh, first time I did rent, and Neil and I did it together. Um, so then. Then became you know the, the just the process of, of putting the documentary together, and you know that was like a, the the juggling of like how much politics do you put in, how much of rent do you put in, how much of this guy Andy do you put in, like you know the typical the storytelling storytelling balancing thing. Then it was like how you know trying to get it into the festivals. Then we ran out of money for a while, and then you know get, you know having people believe in the story which was, you know, was some, the people that believed in it, believed in it and took us far, but there were a lot of, there were mostly no's throughout the, throughout the journey, mostly no's. And many, many reasons to, for us to just, this, you know, think that this isn't a story worth telling and sharing. And so what kept, what, what, what kept you going when you kept getting these no's? Honesty. Honesty. <laughs> Honesty, but you know, for me, I think it was lack of agenda. I think because there was no agenda and it was just purely sharing, the sharing can happen at any time. The agenda, you, you, there's an end goal, but the sharing of it, it was clear that well, we're going to share it, whether it's on YouTube for free or whatever it is. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I was like, can I, can I, can I just put it on the internet? Like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> this is, is going to get done, but the more that we waited. Uh, and the more that we worked on it, um, the, you know, it also, I think it's, you know, since this is for documentaries and a documentary podcast, we, Christine O'Malley as, and, uh, and Doug Blush, uh, who are pros in this, uh, in the documentary world, it, it, no one we worked with before, you know, really knew what we were doing for, from the documentary space. Yeah. I mean, like we had a lot of people that would come in and we would, that would, that would, um, uh what's it called that would advise us um but as far as like the dirty work of producing every single day christine o'malley was a was a was was incredible with and and doug like knowing what to do with the cut and how to bring life to it um that's a as as as, and and mm -hmm. trusting and trusting ourselves you know like doug really came in it's like this is you don't need it doesn't need to be anything else this is this is it's all there you know, and thank God, thank God. Yeah. And then it came at a perfect time because the 25th anniversary and then the pandemic and all this, it was like, of course, of course, this is the perfect time to release this. 
we had a documentarian on actually the most recent one we've recorded uh, hasn't been released yet, but she's a French American French uh, documentary. But she's she's a believer in these little angels, and that she's not the first one to say that you've got on these the projects. You have these little the movie gods, whoever, however you look at it, your worldview. There's something that goes that just gives you a little nudge that no, you this is going to work. This is there the right is, thing. There is a there's a poetic air that you ride. Um, that that, and I I I, I, I it's like the chi, right? It's like it's like. It's it's just there, and if and 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 if you just let let go of what you think it's supposed, how you think it's all supposed to go, and you're you're just com- like you just ride and and you just continue to just take step by step. It's so hard to say because it's like it's it can be so maddening, but there's a truth that is just undeniable that's there that if you just really listen to it, it will. It, for me, it's taken me to the to the to the most magical places, and it's taken me here, us here. And so you two have you've already said you would consider doing a, another doc. Is that right? I would love it. Right, do you want to answer that, and then I'll answer it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm working on one right now. I'm really really excited about it. Um, it's essentially on. Uh, can't really get too into detail, but it's uh, it's on uh, American education. You know, through independent education. And how uh, teenagers can can kind of like what like what what is the way to teach our youth? You know, like how what is what is that? Is it through a curriculum or is it not? And and uh, I'm really really excited about it. And um, um, yeah, I'm working on it right now, actually. So that's that's very in- that's it. That's very interesting, actually. It's a uh, to use the parlance of, well, maybe it's more of a business parlance. It's kind of, a, it's probably another one of these areas that's ripe for disruption, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Life is breaking ripe them for all. Disruption. We're revolutions yeah. all over. <laughs> <laughs> well, which is a huge point to to this film. I feel like you know, and and thank God for companies like HBO who are you know who, who gave us the platform to to unleash it because you know you think of HBO and you think of like you know, top of the top. And, and here we are like them giving us a chance and uh, like an organic perspective. And I'm, I'm really curious to see what uh, flourishes throughout this type of distribution and this type of film. You know, this film was made on our backs, you know, this film was made with our hearts, you know, and so for HBO to give us that opportunity, you know, I'm so curious of, of what, of how that's going to permeate into filmmakers around the world and documentarians, you know, so I'm, I'm really excited about that and thank God for them, you know. I think, yeah, they definitely deserve a shout out. And I also think they also, they know what, they know what they've seen and they, they wouldn't just be doing this for the, out of the goodness of their hearts, let's put it that way. But, uh, but, but, uh, but well done. And, and Andy, what about you? Um, you know, I'm still obviously still doing theater. Um, I, I do have a, a, an itch to act again. Um and as far as documentary, I, I really do love it. And uh, there's no particular thoughts on what that might be right now. Um, I'm mostly curious to, I, th- I, I, I need to finish this journey, which is now releasing the film and what, and you know, a large part of the of documentary I'm learning and I've heard is, how it exists out in the world after you make it 
And um, so I'm, that's a big uh, blind spot that I have right now. So I'm, I'm excited to see how this lives, how it's received, what conversations does it provoke or doesn't at all. And I have no idea. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, what's next. If I may give my own personal feedback, and I know you've got a writer credit on this as well. I mean, I, I hope you make another one. I think it would, uh, and I hope you team up with uh, Victor as well. I think you've done a, a, you've made a lovely film. Yeah, I think I think Andy and I we have you know before before we go out of this world. I think we got one more Cupid project. Something, yeah. something in yeah, the chest. Something, something. I don't know. I don't know, but you know, soon. And if we haven't scared you off, we'd love to have you back on again when you when you do do whether it's that Cuban project or. Um, Possibly that education project, Victor, or whatever is next um, in, your, you, yeah. in, in your career. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank uh, you, Matt. It's, it's been a pleasure, honor to meet you. Um, I, I was really enjoyed it, and um, yes, best of luck with the release. And I'm sure it will do quite well. So so awesome. thanks again. Thank you, Matt. Right. Thank you. A big thank you again to Andy Senior Jr. and Victor Patrick Alvarez, the co-directors of the HBO documentary. Revolution Rent, debuting June 15th on HBO and HBO Max. If you have any questions regarding how you can become a documentary director and producer or other roles in the industry, I recommend you check out careersinfilm.com to learn more about careers in the film industry. I want to give a shout out to Sam and Joe at Inner Sound Audio just outside of York, England. And a big thanks to Nevin Apanovich, our podcast manager at Alamo Pictures, who ensures we continue getting such great guests like Andy and Victor onto the show. And finally, a big thanks to our listeners. As always, we love to hear from you, so please keep sending us feedback and episode ideas, whether it is on YouTube, social media, or directly by email. And please remember to like us and share us with your friends and family wherever you happen to listen or watch podcasts. This is Factual America, signing off. You've been listening to Factual America. This podcast is produced by Alamo Pictures, specializing in documentaries, television, and shorts about the USA for international audiences. Head on down to the show notes for more information about today's episode, our guests, and the team behind the podcast. Subscribe to our mailing list or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Alamo Pictures. Be the first to hear about new productions, festivals showing our films, and to connect with our team. Our homepage is alamopictures.co.uk.